What's up, everything Medicare Podcast Nation? This is Christian Brindle here, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Medicare Podcast on a Monday. Thank you so much for joining me. And this is episode 100. 100. We did it. We did it, and I have you, my incredible audience, to thank for that, um, for helping us reach this plateau of 100 episodes. When I first started doing this podcast, and I'm sure I'm sounding like a broken record at some point because I've said this multiple times, but when I first started doing this podcast, I never imagined that it would get the kind of steam that it's gotten. Um, And apparently, there's a lot of people on Medicare or people that are in the insurance industry that are hungry for information that are hungry for real quality information. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's a lot of, there's either not a lot of information out there for a lot of people that's accessible about Medicare or there is a lot of information out there, but there's so much contradicting information. There's so much garbage information out there, so much untrue information out there. Um, There's so many more people that are hungry for information than I originally anticipated when we first started doing this podcast. And I'm just so delighted and so happy that we've been able to to, to provide the information that we have for so many people. I get emails all the time. I, I hear from people all the time through social media um, just talking about how this podcast has impacted them and helped them with a particular situation or, you know, episodes such and such really, really helped me. Really, I really identified with it. So thank you so much for for supporting us. Thank you so much for, for, for listening and um since we the short time we've been doing video on these podcasts and putting them up on YouTube and the internet um, for watching. Thank you so much, everybody. I really, really appreciate it. Um, to start this episode off, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's coming. What's coming. Okay. So we are about a week away from October, a little bit under. October 1st is when the Medicare enrollment period, in my eyes, really starts because that's when all the information comes out, the changes for next year for Medicare Advantage plans and Medicare prescription drug plans. And it's going to, you know, it's going to be chaos for everybody in the insurance industry because it always is. You know, if, if I would say if I was a tax person, this is my tax season. So starting going forward, for example, last week I did two out of the two, two out of the three podcast episodes we did last week were interviews. Um, If you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to them Um, with very, very um, credible and good people in the insurance industry. um, And we've done a lot of interviews this year, particularly. We didn't do any last year, but we're doing more interviews, um, branching out, linking arms with other people in the insurance industry that I think could come on and give a perspective in a way that maybe I can't um, and just kind of give you a break for me, if you will. But going forward... So basically, from now, at least until the end of the enrollment period, the enrollment period is October 15th through December 7th, when people can actually make changes to their programs. At least until the end of the enrollment period, which is going to be December 7th, it could be very well until the end of the year, I'm not doing any more interviews. Why? Because it's too difficult for me to coordinate my schedule with someone else to do an interview because their schedule is going to be crazy. My schedule is going to be crazy. Um, during the enrollment period, folks, you know, I am not, my, my primary career is not a podcast host. Okay. I do this on the side of running my insurance agency. 
my company, Christian Brennan Insurance Services, that works with people on Medicare. So we have a lot of clients, a lot of clients in multiple different states, and we're going to be very, very busy this enrollment period. So we're not going to be able to do any interviews, but that's okay because this podcast didn't start with interviews. This podcast started with me um, bringing information every week. started out with one a week. Then it grew to two a week, and then before we knew it, we were getting asked to do three a week, and now we're doing three a week. We're going to continue doing three a week. We're going to keep our schedule Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, all the way through the end of the enrollment period. But what I cannot do is I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't um, book a specific interview with anybody. You know, where I'm catering to their schedule and they're trying to cater to, to my schedule. It's just not going to work just because of the time and the busyness of it. So it's just going to be me, but that's okay. That's what we've been doing since the beginning. Out of, the, out of our 100 episodes, I'd say 10 or less have been interviews. Probably about 10, if I had to guess. So the other 90 are just basically me ranting and riffing about a certain topic. So I take it. You won't have any issues with that. Okay, so let's jump right in on episode 100. And I thought it would be a very, very fitting episode with the enrollment period right around the corner. So... I can't talk about too much as far as changes going into next year, now, but this topic particularly I can discuss because it's been announced for over a year now, probably longer than that. It's public knowledge, okay? Um, a lot of people already know this, but I want to kind of talk about, in my opinion, what people that are impacted by this change should be doing and what they should expect. After the 1st of October, however... I will be breaking down a lot of changes. So I'm sitting on a lot of information. I just am not allowed to unveil it until October 1st because it's a, a rule. You know, I can get in big trouble for doing that, especially on a, a nationally broadcast podcast. I'm not dumb, okay? I can wait another week to drop the bombs on you, okay? But this bomb I can drop. I mean, this isn't really a bomb. This is public knowledge, like I said. So Aetna, prescription drug plans. PDP is for short, standalone drug plans. For the, If this is your first time listening to me, what a standalone drug plan is or a PDP, a.k.a. prescription drug plan, what that kind of program is, is it's a Medicare drug plan. Part D is what they call it. Part D, D for drugs is the way I like to remember it. Um, they're plans that basically cover prescriptions. Prescriptions you get filled at the pharmacy, you know, um, 30 days, 60 day, 90 day. You take it home, you take it on your own. It doesn't cover prescriptions that are high expensive injectables that you get inside of a doctor's office. In the Medicare world, that's looked at as a Medicare Part B as in boy drug and is also considered a medical cost. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Prescription drug plans are typically partnered with a Medicare supplement. Um, so Medicare A and B work as a person's primary medical coverage. The Medicare supplement through a private insurance company, it doesn't matter who really, um, it, it does matter. I've done a lot of episodes, but in this in this example, it doesn't matter who. Through a private insurance company, the Medicare supplement pays afterwards, so it works as an 80-20 deal. Um, Medicare only covers medical costs, hospitalization, um, doctor's appointments, surgeries, durable medical equipment, etc. You get the idea. Um, so a Medicare supplement does not pay anything that Medicare doesn't pay for. So since Medicare doesn't cover prescription drugs, Part D is in dog drugs, neither will the Medicare supplements. So people that have Medicare supplements, it's always encouraged that they pick up a Medicare Part D drug plan. I've done so many episodes about this, I'm not going to go into any greater detail than that. So Aetna's 
individual prescription drug plans. They're Part D plans. They've been doing their Part D plans for many years. They, there's a lot of people on these Part D plans across the nation. If For those of you who have been listening to me for some time, you know that in earlier on this year, I think it was January, I did an episode about this earlier on in the year too, and it got a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of popularity coming with it. Um, that was a very, very popular episode, so you probably have heard it. But CVS pharmacy, the pharmacies, okay, CVS pharmacies, but CVS as a company is much bigger than just their pharmacies. If you're interested in what that entails, go back and listen to that episode because I kind of break it down from a business perspective. But CVS bought Aetna, the insurance company, and I think they spent about $60, $70 billion. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, somewhere in that, that, that ballpark, $60 to $70 billion. Okay, so it wasn't the other way around. Aetna didn't buy CVS. I've heard that from some people. No, CVS bought Aetna. CVS, prior to this acquisition, owned an insurance company called SilverScript. SilverScript also does Medicare Part D, as in dog plans, prescription drug plans, standalone prescription drug plans, and they were very successful at it. Last I checked, if they if they're they're one of the two, maybe three, if not number one, largest Medicare Part D carriers in the country. I believe they're the biggest, or at least they were recently. They're, they're, they're top three for sure as far as how many people are on these individual Part D prescription drug plans, SilverScript. SilverScript is owned by CVS. CVS purchased that company some time ago, years ago. So, But at Aetna itself is not does not just do individual Part D prescription drug plans. Aetna in and of itself also does Medicare Advantage programs in a lot of areas. They do uh, Medicare supplement plans in a lot of areas through a company they, they own called Aetna Health and Life and Continental Life, depending on the state. They have several companies that they do these Medicare supplements through. Um, but Aetna, and I'm only talking about what's been publicly broadcast and put out there because I don't want to say too much. I never want it to come, I never want to paint the picture that I'm recommending a company over another because that's when I can get in trouble over the airwaves because I've said it before I've say I'll say it again Medicare is not a one-size-fits-all type of situation it depends on your needs your preferences your situation etc okay I'll say it again not recommending that now I'm just reporting on something that's happening that's gonna start taking effect to people next year okay so you need to know this Aetna's a bunch you know, more diversified company as far as the different types of plans they do. They do a lot of group plans. SilverScript, to my knowledge, just does Medicare Part D plans. Okay. So, but SilverScript Part, the, the, the SilverScript Medicare Part D plans is a very large organization. So, um, CVS has seen that they've had a lot of success with that program. They took a look at it. They just bought Aetna. So now they're all one big happy family. And, and the acquisition is still in the works. Anytime two companies that, of, of that size and that magnitude combine, if you will, or one buys another, it takes years usually for the acquisition to completely process. So we're gonna, we're, we haven't seen all of the impact of that yet as far as what programs will look like and things along that nature and how the company will work, in my opinion. I've just seen it, you know, with other companies buying out other companies. But um, CVS took a look at it. They decided they didn't want to have two different Part D plans under their umbrella. They have SilverScript and they have Aetna Part D plans. Now, they want the Aetna everything else. They still want Aetna for the group plans, you know, their um, employee plans, the retirement plans, um, 
the federal plans, the, the Medicare Advantage plans, the Medicare Supplement plans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and everything else that Aetna does, uh, the life insurance plans. Um, but they, they decided they didn't need two Part D plans, and I don't know if there was some kind of regulation against this to where they couldn't have two of them under the umbrella. I don't know if that had something to do with it. I just, I, I'm not sure. In my opinion, it's irrelevant about why they did it. But they decided to cut bait and cut ties with the Aetna Part D drug plans. What I mean by this is they made the decision to sell that book of business, meaning everybody that has a policy that's an Aetna individual Part D drug plan was sold about a year ago. It was agreed upon to be sold to a company called WellCare. WellCare is an insurance company that's in, their headquarters are located in Tampa, Florida, where I used to live, actually. Um, I've been to their offices. I'm an agent with them and also various other companies. But um, so, yeah, I mean, anybody that's has that's that's that has an Aetna Part D, D drug plan, and you probably already have received letters about this and heard about this in the news and things like that, but your policy was sold to WellCare, and your policy starting in 2020 will turn into a WellCare drug plan. Stay with me into segment two, and we'll kind of talk about what this means, what you should do, what you should be expecting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, after a quick word from Randy Hall with Mr. Nice Guy Medicare Advisor. You're going to want to hear what he has to say. Don't go anywhere, and I'll be back in our next segment. What's up, everybody? This is actually Randy W. Hall, Mr. Nice Guy Medicare Advisor, not Christian Brendel, your esteemed host. I'm here to tell you about my Medicare agency, Mr. Nice Guy Medicare Advisor, based here in Tennessee. For the past 10 years, I've been helping Medicare beneficiaries just like you in Tennessee and Kentucky maximize their Medicare. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know Christian always encourages you to deal with a broker in your state who sells all the different plans and will give you not just a quote, but also advise you and educate you in a way that is simple to understand. We know how confusing and overwhelming the whole process can be. We do it all for folks on Medicare from supplements to Advantage plans, Part D, cancer products, hospital indemnities, and more. So if you want to get a free quote or a consultation, I urge you to call 615-578-5174. Again, that's area code 615-578-5174. Or for more information, you can visit my website and read all about me at MrNiceGuyMedicareAdvisor.com. That's all one word. Mr. Nice Guy, MedicareAdvisor.com. And again, why deal with a jerk when you can deal with a nice guy? Ah, thank you for that from Randy, the Mr. Nice Guy, Medicare Advisor. If you live in the states of Tennessee or Kentucky, I recommend you give him a call because, well, Frankly, my organization's not licensed there. But if you live there, you need someone good to work with, and Randy's a good quality, integrity, experienced, everything you want to want in an insurance agent. So I recommend giving him a call for that. Now let's get back into this segment. Okay, so this is segment two, talking about Aetna selling their individual PDP, individual standalone prescription drug plans, over to WellCare. Okay, so if you have an Aetna drug plan, your Aetna drug plan will be turning into a WellCare drug plan next year. 
and it will have nothing to do with Aetna anymore. Aetna basically just took that entire block of business, every single person, all their policyholders, and they sold them to WellCare. I mean, it happens. You know, I've heard people say that's not, you know, oh, how can you just sell, you know, your policyholders like that, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I don't really feel one way or the other about it because at the end of the day, folks, insurance companies are businesses. They're in the business of making money, and Aetna did it because they felt like it was the best thing for them, and WellCare did it because they thought it was the best thing for them. I don't know. I mean, I I don't really have an opinion on that. You know, I mean, I understand why someone would feel that way. I completely understand. But I see the other side of the coin as well. I mean, I don't know all this, the, 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 the logistics of it, but it doesn't really matter why they did it or if you agree with it. What matters is what you're going to do about it and what you should need to know if this is impacting you. And if you don't have an Aetna PDP plan and you're on Medicare, chances are you probably know somebody that does. It's a very, very... Um, Aetna is a very large insurance company. And they're even larger now that they're backed by CVS, which is a very, very large company in general that's diversified quite a bit in the health industry. I, like I said, go back and listen to that episode if you're interested in how. But how this affects you, if this is impacting you or somebody that you know, is the company that you're used to doing business with is not going to be that company any longer. It's going to be changed over. So if you don't change your drug plan during the enrollment period, which is October 15th through December 7th, to another insurance company or another drug plan, um, your plan will automatically transition over. And what that plan will look like, it kind of depends on your market, it depends on your state, it depends on a lot of different factors. So here's my advice. My advice would be, do your own research on WellCare, if you're not familiar with them. Um, read reviews on them. See if that's the time, type of company you might want to work with, because you might have known enough about Aetna to say, you know, okay, I want to do business with this insurance company and give them my business, you might not know anything about WellCare. So just for, throw all your preconceived notions about Aetna out the window because they're not even in the picture anymore for your plan. It's WellCare now that you're insurer if this is impacting you. So do you, my advice would be do your research on WellCare and make your own decision as far as the quality of insurance company that they are. I will not say either way because then it looks like I'm endorsing the company or on the flip side it looks like I'm damning the company. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fall I'm not going to fall into that trap. Okay. So, do your own research. The other thing is my expectation we're kind of going to see as the enrollment period goes on because this is impacting a lot of my own clients. Okay. Um my expectation is going to be that the plan also will go through a lot of changes that will look very different than what you're accustomed to, most likely. Formula will probably be a little, quite a bit different, I, I think. I don't know that to be a fact, but I believe so. Um, so, and even if your plan wasn't being bought up by another insurance company, I think that if you take any significant amount of prescriptions, if you're just taking like one or two generics, you know, Meprazole, Lisinopril, you'd probably are fine. You mainly need to look at the premium increase from that point if there is one or what the premium is changing to. But have your prescription drug plan compared. Make sure it's still going to be the best plan for you going into the next year. If you have an insurance broker, I'd recommend getting with them. Um, although if you don't have a very good insurance broker, then find a different one. I mean, that's what the enrollment period's for, you know, making sure that you're being taken care of in the best way possible. In my opinion, for my office, this is what we're going to do. And you can kind of compare what your brokerage is going to do um, if you like, but a, there's not a whole lot of brokerages out there that are going to do the same quality of care that mine will. 
we pick up the phone and call people when there's dramatic changes like this to keep them aware. We also send letters. We're going to send letters out to every client of ours that has an Aetna drug plan. But we're probably going to reach out to them as well to, to just see if they want to have their plan compared and explain kind of what's going on. So if you're not hearing anything from your broker, I mean, if you're not going to hear anything from them when there's this dramatic of a change taking place, when are you going to hear from them? When, I ask you, when? <laughs> I mean, just think about this, you know. You shouldn't have to chase down your broker when there's a change this big. So keep that in mind. If you're not hearing, if you, if, okay, if you're not, if you go into the next month or so, into the enrollment period, and you have a net and a drug plan, and you haven't heard anything from the broker that signed you up for that plan, you shouldn't be needing to chase him down. That's not your job. That's his job to, to keep you informed. Okay? My opinion. My perspective. So keep that in mind. Um, but, I, you know, there, there's a lot of good agents out there. You know, I've, I've been accused of, you know, being too hard on other agents in the industry. So I'm trying to cut back on that. I don't want to kind of seem like, you know, all I do is I bash people because I don't do that. I give a lot of quality information and that's kind of what this podcast is about. Okay. I'm controversial. I know, I know, I know, I know I'm controversial sometimes, but my intention is mainly to give as much information away as I can without violating any Medicare's rules which there are rules that limit me from giving away certain information. I mean, they can reword it, repackage it, however you want, but there are rules that basically limit what I can and cannot tell you. I'm trying to tell you everything that I can without stepping over the line, and sometimes I've been right on the line, okay? It's kind of a fine line with a lot of things. Um, and if that makes me controversial, then so be it. I want to tell you everything. I want to pull the sheet back and let you see everything for what it is. I want to tell you what other people in the industry are afraid of you knowing. Because they, in my opinion, I believe a lot of people in the industry want to, you know, tell you just enough. Just enough. But they don't want you to know what they know. And I want you to know what they know. Because that's when I feel that you are empowered. Okay. So, that's my advice. Okay. Number one... Do your research on the new insurance company and make your own decision. Talk to people. See if you know anybody that's had them. What's the experience like? You know, how's their customer service? Maybe, oh, this is a good one. Maybe pick up, maybe Google. Go to Google. And Google their customer service phone number. Call them and see how it is. There's a good indication. You want to know what insurance companies like, what's going to be like to work with them. Try to call the customer service number and see, you know, if you get someone in America... Do you, or do you get someone in India or the Philippines or something like that that doesn't speak very great English? Do you have to wait on hold for three hours? I mean, I'm not, I'm, that's an ex exaggeration, of course, but test that out. So my advice is do your research, check on the company, see if it's the kind of company you want to work with, okay? Number one. Number two, if it is and you have no problem with it, run the prescription drug check, see if there's going to be a better plan. Because if there's a better plan, whether it's Aetna or WellCare, it doesn't really matter. You want to be on the best available drug plan for you. Number two. Number three... Make sure that your agent is basically getting in touch with you and communicating this information to you because if they're not, change agents. This is a big change. <laughs> I mean, if they're not even sending you a letter, I mean, that's pretty bad. 
Okay, that's my advice. Because, like I said, if if an, if if your agent isn't keeping you up to date with a change this big, then nobody will, or they never will keep you up with anything. You know, because this is a big change. You know, your your insurance company is being acquired or selling their business. Their, their book of business for this particular product over to another insurance company, it could impact you dramatically as far as the changes are concerned that you may or may not encounter. And they're not even letting you know about it. Okay, so keep that in mind. Those are my three things. Stay with me into segment three. Don't go anywhere after a quick word from our sponsor. Stay right there. Welcome back, everybody. This is our third and final segment of this week's Everything Medicare podcast. Um, I, I I really hope that you got something out of this. Um, like I said, if you're not a policyholder that's going to be impacted by this change, chances are you probably know somebody that is. You know, so if you're talking to somebody, you know, you're at the coffee shop, you're at lunch, you're at church, whatever you do, um, and you're talking to somebody that you know that's going to be impacted by this, now you can kind of give them some advice on kind of what to expect. Um, maybe even send them the link to this podcast that it might help them. Help us help as many people as possible, but just keep in mind that you need to be aware of this going into the enrollment period. And the only reason why I feel comfortable doing a whole episode about this is very, very simple. It's because, you know, they've had news articles, whole articles on the internet completely written about this topic, about this taking place well over a year ago. So it's not like I'm putting information out there that's not public knowledge. I'm not unveiling something that you're not supposed to know about. Um, However, starting October 1st, I can talk pretty much tell you anything as far as what's going on next year. So I can't wait for that. I'm kind of salivating at the mouth to be able to tell you this stuff. Okay. Um, folks, I wanted to end this episode with an offer. So a couple of weeks ago, when we first got on, maybe it was a month ago. I don't remember. I'm not good with keeping track of how much time has gone by since I said something. But maybe it was about a month ago. We just got on the platform of Stitcher. Stitcher is um, a great platform for podcasts. It's a very large platform, one of the biggest. So I made an offer for you. I, I, I said, if you give us 10 reviews on that platform, five-star reviews, um, and I think I, gave, I think I gave it a two-week time period, then I will unveil how much com- a commission an agent gets roughly, depending on the product that they offer to somebody. And we didn't get our, we didn't get our goal. And maybe it was too high of a goal. So I'm going to give you one more chance on that. I'm going to offer it one more time. If you want to hear an episode talking about what an agent makes on certain products, because I believe it's important for you to know this, because there's a lot of good agents out there that are going to make recommendations that you know best fit your needs specifically, and they're not going to really give a damn about the commission. That's my approach. You know, I my fault. My dad always told me when I was coming up in this business. Um, if you don't, for those of you who don't know my story, I grew up around the insurance industry. My dad was an agent, you know, from the late 80s, early 90s. He was one of the early pioneers in Utah Medicare. weren't that many people doing it at the time, um, but he always taught me that, you know, we I'd, we'd rather have one happy customer than 50 unhappy customers. So, commission has never been something that I look at when it comes to making a recommendation. I'm going to make the recommendation that best fit, suits the needs of somebody else. 
Always. I don't even take it into consideration. You wouldn't believe how many times I I make a recommendation on something that I could have made double the commission if I made another recommendation, but I don't care. I don't care. In fact, the, the certain insurance company slash product that I make the most commission of, I probably have less people on those policies than any other thing I can possibly offer, and it's because I don't, I haven't had great experience with the product. I don't think the quality is there for the product, and I take that into consideration, and I really don't offer it unless somebody, you know, is knocking down my door for it. I mean, I'll bring it up to people, I'll explain, but I'll also give my perspective. But, um, so there it is. I will do that offer again. I will do a whole episode about agent commissions. And I know agents aren't going to like it. People all around the industry are going to hate that I'm doing this. I might get so much flack. I've gotten a lot of flack from people in the insurance industry for things I've talked about on this podcast. I don't care. I don't care. This podcast isn't for them. This podcast is for you. The people on Medicare. There's nothing I'm not willing to share. Nothing. The only reason why I wouldn't share something is if I'm breaking a rule and I can possibly get myself in trouble. I don't want to get myself in trouble. But do I really care if I ruffle a feather or two? Not not much. Not much. If I feel like it's going to benefit you, the audience. So I'll do that, audience, I'll do that offer once again. I'll do that episode. This time you have a week. A week from today. Today is Monday. Okay? A week from today... I want five five-star reviews on either Apple Podcasts, the Everything Medicare Podcast on Apple Podcasts, or on Stitcher. If I get three on Apple and I get two on Stitcher, that'll work. If I get all five on Apple but none on Stitcher, that'll work. If I get one on Apple and four on Stitcher, that'll work. It's just a combination of five between the two platforms. Five five-star reviews one week from today. I won't bring it up again if we don't hit this goal because that just tells me that you guys really don't care that much to hear that episode. So, think about it. Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll be back with another episode on Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.